Um, we're talking about, amen, learning how to be better managers, better stewards, amen. Uh, we've, we've been talking, we've just said, uh, we've been talking about getting our uh, this part of our lives, getting this part of our lives together, amen. Um, and so tonight, we want to continue in this series tonight. We, we kind of got started, and then y'all got me off course last week. So, um, amen. I'll blame it on y'all. Amen. Um, here we go. All right. So go to, okay, first of all, we started off with the man or the person in the mirror, right? And how many of you, uh, let's just talk about, let's just talk about where we were from last week. What revelation did you get? What information did you get? And what changes have you started making in your life as of last week? <clears throat> All right. All right. Give them a hand. We got some emergency fund money. All right. Remember what we're doing. The average emergency is a thousand dollars. All right, so we're going to get this envelope, and if we got to put up coins, whatever we got to do, we're going to get this emergency fund, this this emergency fund envelope funded before you pay off, uh, before you pay off any debts, before you do anything. You want to get this thousand dollar emergency fund envelope funded. Now, in your mind, let me say this, a $1,000 may seem like a lot of money, amen, but when that emergency shows up, amen, it's going to be a th- a, around $1,000, all right? So it's best that you're prepared. Now, as believers, for some reason, as believers, all right, amen, we live... Like we don't serve a mighty God. Amen. Come on, y'all. Uh, I see the body of Christ. Marriages are broken. And I, I don't understand it. I, God gave the institution of marriage. Amen. God ordained that. Yet marriages are all in a mess today. Finances. Jesus talks more about money than he does prayer. Did you know that? And one of the reasons that Jesus talks more about money than he does prayer is because where your money is, there's your heart. And what Jesus really wants to get to is your heart. Amen. And how you handle money says a lot about your character. Now, what we're going to discover in this lesson, amen, is we're going to discover the seven money types. And what we're going into, we're going to look at the Abraham type, the Isaac type, the Jacob type. The Moses type, the Aaron type, and the Joseph type, and the David type. Each type has a plus, but they all uh, a positive side, and then each type has a negative side. All right. Like I said last week, the Abraham type, they're the ones that go all the way out, but yet there's still an issue. They have a gray side to them. Okay, and we'll do, we'll talk about that. Okay, so I, I want you to. Uh, okay, so you started the emergency fund. Anybody else? Anybody else? Good. Started the emergency fund. How you feel about that? You weren't thinking about the emergency fund before that. 
Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's good. You was using your credit card as the emergency fund. That's, that's powerful because that's what most people do, right? All right. Come on now. This is readjustment. And, and the reason I'm asking this is because I want us to kind of take some of these narratives and make it our narrative, right? So I'm not eating out as much. I'm taking the money I would eat out from, 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 you know, every day and I'm putting that in the emergency fund because that can fund the emergency fund. Amen. Quickly. The goal is getting the emergency fund funded quickly. All right. The faster you do that, you're on your way to financial freedom. Amen. How many want to be free? Amen. How many don't want to have to worry about money issues? Come on, y'all. And so I believe prayer. Listen, I believe in prayer. But you know what I'm praying? I'm not praying that God gives you more money. I'm praying that God gives you the wisdom to handle money. Because if you can't handle the little things, come on, somebody. If you can't handle $500, how can you handle 50000 How can you handle $5 million? I think I mean I believe it makes sense. I believe that if you really look at the people who have money, you can see that they know how to handle it. And some people, look, everyone, well, not every last one of them, but this, have you ever looked at the stories of those who won the lottery? <laughs> hey, have you ever seen those? They all end in what ruin, right? Uh, or, or they overindulge. They they don't save. They don't invest. They don't. You know, uh, you know, all of these things. And so as a result of that, I believe that sometimes we're looking for this big thing to happen. Come on, help me, somebody. You know, like something big is going to happen. Now, we know as believers, we ain't supposed to be scratching off. Amen. And playing the lottery. And, and those of you that play the lottery, you're wrong for that. Amen. You should be bringing that money to church. This is a better, it's a better chance here. Amen. That you may win. <laughs> Amen. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. Y'all like, hold on, Pastor. You mess with my theology now. And Pastor, now here's, here's, here's the flip side now. Now, if I win the lottery now, Pastor, you sure enough going to take that tithe? I said, yep, I sure am. <laughs> Disobedient and all, but shoot, I'll take it. Amen. So, so whatever, you know, you deal with that with God. All right. That, but make sure you know what I told you. Stop the scratching <laughs> and put that $5. Some people are addicted to that $5 scratch card, man. $5 every day. Every time you go to the store, $5, $5. But, but I like, but, but what we want to do. And, and as we go through this, I'm going to teach you the, the art of controlling your spending. All right. And, and the key is you have to give every dollar a name. Every dollar needs a name. All right. And so as a result of that, what happens to most of us, amen, is that we sometimes lose or money becomes our master. Lord have mercy. 
Amen. So let's let's go here for a minute. We're going to get into Scripture. Don't you worry about it. We coming. Amen. So what? go to that. Uh, let's go here. Let's go here for a second. Amen. I, I wasn't planning on going here, but uh, let's go here right quick. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let's back up real quick to verse 6. All right, now I want to show you something that I, I learned from this young brother here in, in our um, men's conference. Amen. And elaborate a little bit here on this. A lot of people come to church for different reasons. Right? We're supposed to come to church for what reason? Anyways, what was the reason? To worship, to fellowship, to serve. What else? To grow spiritually. Uh, to evangelize. The five purposes of the church, right? Some people, though, look at church or coming to church or connecting to the body of Christ as a means of gain. In other words, things are so bad in my life now, I want to prosper now. Hello, somebody. I'm tired of the way things are going, and so therefore now I want to be godly, but I want to be godly for the wrong reasons. Y'all follow me? Paul is talking to young Timothy, and he's t telling Timothy that as you pastor this church, you're going to run into different people types. Come on, help me somebody. And therefore, I want you to be mindful of who they are. Amen. I also want you to understand that not everybody is into godliness for the right reasons. I want to be godly because God is great. I want to be godly because I know where God has brought me from and I don't want to be the man I used to be. Question I need you to ask yourself is, why do you want to be godly? Because until you desire the, the, a, a true relationship with Jesus Christ to be godly, it's going to be real hard for you to handle your money. Because your motives have, our motives have to change. So look what he says. He says, but godliness actually is a what? Uh-oh, but. So let's back up a little bit, all right? Let's go to verse, uh, let's go to verse 3. If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ and with the doctrine conforming with the doctrine, now the word doctrine means what? Teaching. I taught you this before, right? Doctrine. There's, if there's anyone who advocates a different doctrine. So you know there's prosperity doctrine. There's health and wealth doctrine. 
There's a whole lot of doctrines in the Bible, but he says if anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with what kinds of words, sound words, those of the Lord Jesus Christ and a doctrine that conforms you to what? Hello, somebody. So if what you're being taught is not moving you to be more godly, come on, somebody, then that means that doctrine may be wrong. Are you with me? So that's why I teach, I teach, we teach sound doctrine or we teach you how to manage your money rather than to come to God like a genie in a bottle. Lord, I, I need some more money because I'm broke right now. Lord, if I sow this seed, then I'm going to get, I ain't never asked you, I have never asked you to sow a seed, amen, to receive anything else. From God. If you sow this, this $21, then you don't know I mean you're going to get, you know, your big breakthrough tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. Right? Because I don't believe that that's how God operates. I believe God operates when we walk in godliness. Amen. Are you with me? Now, let me explain to you what this word godliness means. Amen. This word means to what it means. The word simply means a foundation that's laid on the principles of the word of God. And you're living out the principles that you have learned. Lord have mercy. That's heavy right there. So the principles that you're taught, you're living it out and you're becoming godly. Sometimes people think godliness is a feeling. But godliness is not a feeling. It's a standard by which you live. Come on and say amen tonight. Amen. Money types. Watch this. So watch what he says. He says, look what he says, conforming to godliness. He is what? Conceding, conceited, and understands nothing. But he has a what kind of interest? A morbid interest. Now that word morbid means sick. Amen. In controversial what? Questions and disputes about words out of which arrives what? Envy, strife, abusive language, uh, evil suspicion, and constant friction between men of depraved mind and, and, and depraved of the truth who suppose... That godliness is a means. See, see what Paul was dealing with culturally in that time? There were people who were coming into the church getting into all of these controversies because they thought that the more closer I get to God, the more money he's going to give me. See, I ain't been in church in five years, but shoot, my money sure is drying up. So let me go back to church so I can get my I can get my money back together. Come on, I can get my breakthrough. Come on and say amen. Tell your neighbor it don't work like that. It sure don't. <laughs> amen. It sure don't work like that. Look what he says now. He says, but godliness actually is a mean of great gain. When accompanied 
Now, see, we live in a society where it has us wanting more. The iPhone 11 is out. Three cameras, more. Three cameras, more. Before you know it, there'll be 16 cameras on that phone. But have you ever noticed something? It's the same design. Same shape. You can do the same thing with it. And let them say, no, that's not. It's faster. I haven't noticed the fastness. (laughs) You, You know, and so we live in a society We are consumers. We are what? Consumers. And until you become a steward and start managing, remember what I told you last week, it's not your money. Everything you have in your possession, God has access to it because he owns it. Cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's. Now, if you believe those scriptures, then you realize, man, I'm waking up tomorrow with new eyes. I'm pursuing godliness, watch this, along with contentment. I believe if your motive for godliness is right, you will be content with what you have. And you will not all, and watch this, when you, when you have developed a spirit of contentment, God will then elevate you to more because he knows that you're going to live on the portion that you're content with and then you're going to give away the rest. And you're going to be a blessing to somebody else. That's the key. Watch this. He says, for we brought nothing. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me, Lord. Into the what? I used to hear my mama say that all the time. Never know where they got that from. You brought nothing into this world. Can I ask you something? What did you bring in this world? Now, let me ask this question. Are we going to put the house in in the grave? The car? What about your jewelry? What about your your money? You think you're going to put all that in the coffin when you go? And then here's the thing, after, after so many years, months, what's going to happen to your body? Everything you've done on earth while you were alive, and all the things that you've accumulated, will you take any of it with you? Hmm. That's something in it. Now look what he says. We brought nothing into this world, so we cannot take. God sent you here on earth so that you can come into a knowledge of his son. So that he can transfer you back to heaven. To the original plan. See, and and if you have Jesus in your heart, you're already rich. I'm not just trying to be superficial here. I'm being for real. Like, you have the Holy Spirit. You are valuable. 
And if you, if you and I pursue godliness with contentment, because you know, as you begin, as you become stronger, as you become more mature in the Lord, you know what God starts doing? He starts blessing you. You know why he blesses you? To be a blessing. Look what he says next. He says, if we have food, this is what God says that we should be good with. Okay. If we have food, covering, internet, Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. 160 channels with all the sports. Oh, yeah. Five DVDs. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm, I'm just DVD players in every room. I'm, I'm satellite. You, 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 electric fan. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, blinds that go up by themselves. Uh, come on, come on, come on, come on, y'all. Come on now. Rims for the car. What else? What else? We? What else? We? You, you, I, I'm so, I, okay. Here's the flip side. It's not that God doesn't want you to enjoy all that swimming pool and all that. It's not that He doesn't want. But here's the thing: How can we get to swimming pool if we ain't taking care of this pool? I'm serious. Like seriously. Like, do you ever dream to be financially set? Have you ever dreamt that? Huh? I, I've dreamt that. And I'm going to tell you something. God allowed me to achieve it. I don't worry. And I don't worry because I know the God I serve. I'm not rich, but I'm content. And I believe that that's why I feel like I'm rich. Because I'm very content. I think about man, God. I I really don't. I don't. I just. I don't need nothing. Now I'm not saying I don't have things that I want to accomplish, but what I'm saying is, saints, we can live like no one else if we sacrifice today, so that we can live like no one else later. But here's the thing: we have to come to a place of contentment. Watch this. Look at verse 9. And I'm going on. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into what? And destruction. For the love, not money, see? The love of money Is the root of all sorts of evil. And some longing for it. What did they do? From what? Can I tell you something? The devil is after your relationship with God. He wants you to love money more than God. And we talked about this on the other day. That. Here's the deal. We talked about this, that 
most men today are losing their faith because they're, they're falling in love with the wrong thing. So men are giving up church. Not just men. Giving up church, giving up, giving up serving, giving up worship because of the love of money. We want pleasure, but we know we got to finance it. So guess what? We're pursuing the wrong thing. When all we had to do was serve God. Give our lives to him. Amen. Look what it says. It says they've wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with what? Grief. Is that how we want to live this Christian life? I don't believe this Christian life was intended for that. I know we have suffering. And I know we have to suffer. But our suffering suffering ends with a good story. See? Our suffering ends with us glorifying God. But a lot of people, a lot of people in church today are hurting financially because they've fallen out of love with Jesus. And they are now in love with Do-Re-Mi. The green. Now, let's go to our handout. Y'all done took me there. Again. Seeking to understand why. I'm going to go in the second paragraph. I want to read some of these scriptures here. We did this last week, right? All right. Essentially, we're paying attention to the thoughts. This is what we said last week. What we're doing with the money types, we're seeking to understand why. Why do you handle money a certain kind of way? Like, why do you handle it the way you do? Why do you hold on to it? Why do you not let it go? Why do you spend it so much? Why do you get happy on payday and then the next day you sad again? You know, you know what I mean? You ever get paid and then you paid all the bills, you, you're like, tag, I'm broke again. Look, and it just ends that quick. The happiness is gone. Tell you, now, that's the love of money. <laughs> Watch this. It's temporary. But look, but, but do you know we spend a lot of time thinking about money? Amen. During the day, we think about it. Man, when I get this money, <laughs> I get this money. <laughs> this is what I'm finna do. This is what I'm finna, this is what I'm finna do. Look what it says. Um, a money type can be, can donate to a cause, but each of these types is motivated to do so for a particular reason. All right? All types will make purchases but understand why each type approaches making a purchase for different reasons and understanding the emotion and thoughts they face is where we gain greater insight into how God has wired us. That's a deep statement. So like, I can walk in the store and not buy anything. Seriously, I mean, I just walk in there and 
walk out. <laughs> Some people will walk in. They have to get it. Why do you think they got you all set up with the stuff by the register? <laughs> it's right there by the register. You wouldn't even think. You ever go in to get one thing, come out with seven? A whole basket? <laughs> you went there for one, you went there for a pack of nails. And you come out with a hammer and you have a hammer. Well, shoot, you know, it's on sale. <laughs> you know, 10 for 10. <laughs> you, you know, now, now, I remember what I told you last week. Remember this, scarcity is the issue, right? We're scared that we're not going to have enough to survive on. And it's crazy because I see the psychology. I do, man. I walk in the store, I'm like, uh-uh, they ain't getting me today. Cheetos, two ninety nine, <laughs> and then they hit me with the digital coupon one eighty eight, and I'm like, "Well, all right, I'm going to get it." And the very thing I said, I was, you know what they do now? You know what Kroger does now? You know how when you go to Kroger, you put in your phone number? Okay, you know what they do now? They have a company, an analytics company. And you know what that analytic company does? They track what you buy. And then, and then you go to the mailbox and you'll get those coupons for free stuff that you've been buying. I'm like, these suckers got me. And look, they're like, oh, on us this week, free. You weren't planning on going to the store. Come on, help me now. You, you weren't even planning to go to the store, right? But here you are, you, you, you there and you're like, you got, you got the coupon and it's buy one, get one free. And you're like, oh, shoot. Amen. And what happens to us, y'all, what I really want you to get into and what we're going to look at next week, we'll, we'll get into Abraham. Okay. But watch this. The deal is there's something going on inside of you, how God has wired you. Amen. And you make these decisions based upon how you've been wired. All right. Some people shop to get their minds off of stuff. Seriously, that's how they deal with their stress. I could imagine what their house looked like. Five of everything. You need to give away some stuff, Sister Angie. <laughs> For real. We need to have a big garage sale at the church. For real. Because a lot of us buy stuff. To, man, hoarding. Listen, if your garage is full of stuff. Oh, Lord. If your car can't fit in your garage. Then you got way too much stuff. Go to 2 Corinthians 9, 7. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. We're going to wrap up here in a minute. Y'all y'all, y'all be getting me every week. But not today. I'm going to get y'all. Yeah. 
Second Corinthians nine seven. And, and, and remember this: each type is motivated to do so for a particular reason. So, like when I buy, I buy for a reason. What part of me? Who am I? What am I trying to? You know, why am I doing this? Oh, well, I need it. No, you don't really need that. See? It's because you want that. All right? 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says what? Let's back up. See, y'all should know this by now. Huh? Huh? What should y'all know now, by now? Hmm? Find the context. I'm glad you said it. Verse 6, what does it say? All right, so the person that gives little, gets little. But that's because of who they are. I used to think it was just a thing. They didn't know. No, it's who they are. Because you've been talking to them for years about giving. And they haven't changed. That's how I came up with the money types. Like, it's got to be something to this. God keeps telling you, come on, man, give, right? And you're like, (laughs) I mean, you're just breaking off. (laughs) So it has to be how you're what? And unless your heart changes... Because I believe that person loves God just as I love God. But I believe, though, that to the degree that you've been blessed, hello, somebody, it's to the degree that you bless God back. I truly believe that. I believe that this principle of sowing and reaping does apply today. It does. If you sow sparingly, why am I not receiving nothing? Because of the way I'm sowing. I mean, come on. This is the law of sowing and reaping. If I put in a little, what am I going to get out of it? Right? So look what he says next. He says, now watch this. Each one must do just as he in his heart. What am I motivated by? Right? The heart. Not what? Grudgingly or under compulsion for God huh so he says whatever you're motivated by remember this you don't have to do this but but you you should want to do it as you purposed in your heart what's in your heart see that's the key where's my heart what does my Heart say. And this is why I always say when you give, don't give in percentage, give from the heart. Lord, what would you have me to give today out of my heart? Because watch this. If I'm getting ready to give, right? And I'm like, dang, man, I got to give this money up, man. Shoot, man. Man, shoot, man. What, What kind of heart is that? And cheerful heart. Like you, you're having like a serious struggle within yourself. Like seriously, I, seriously, I'm struggling here. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. 
This is the part you got to understand when, when you do this cheerfully. This is the part that you got to get. Verse 8. And God is what? Stop. Stop. God is what? God is. God is. God is. That's going to be our mantra from now on. God is. That's the next shirt. Go for it. God is able. What is he able to do? No, what the text say? <laughs> now watch this. To make. God is able to make. Let me tell you what that word make means in the Greek. To create something out of nothing. See, I'm so busy holding on to everything that, that I have, Right? And I'm thinking, oh yeah, well if I let it go, I'm not going to get nothing back because this is my last. But God says he's able, listen, this word make is the same word that's related to the book of Genesis where it says, Bereshit In the beginning, God created. This has to do with creation. And so, in other words, God is able to make something out of nothing. Why? Because he's able. Watch this now. That word able means he's pure actuality. With no potentiality. He is, watch this, a creator. And the creator of everything. Amen. Before anything, before the words in your mouth, he knows it. When you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. Come on, somebody. If you lay your head down in hell, he'll be there. If you lay your head, make your bed in heaven, he'll be there. He knows where you are. And so if God is able and powerful enough to do all these things, do you not know that he can bless you to handle your money? Watch this. He's able to make all what? Stop asking for money and ask for grace. You know what grace is? Favor. You, you know how many times I've had favor? I went to the airport. They said, hey, come on here. Come in front of the line. Walk through security. You just go on through. That's favor. Come on, somebody. Coming back. Oh, yeah, you know what? We had a change in plans. Come on up here in first class. Fly all the way back first class. See, he's able. See, I, I, I think that that's what the problem with us. We, we're not thinking about God as all powerful. We're thinking about our power and not his power. He's all powerful. And when God lowers grace to you. He's able to make what grace? All grace. Abound to who? So that always having all. In what? He says. You're going to be supplied in every area of your life. 
Whatever area of your life that needs funding, you'll always have. Because he's able. Because of his grace. Watch this. That always having all sufficient everything, you may have. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Lord, where is my abundance? Why, why am I not experiencing, why am I not experiencing this abundance, Lord? Why, why is my abundance not looking like abundance? What is going on? I want to, I want to make it. I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to get through these financially tough times of my life. But what I got to understand is that I got to understand who's able to do it. It's not your strength. It's not your might. It's, it's saying to God, God, I believe that you know me. But I need your grace to handle what you've given me. He says so that you will have an abundance for every good deed.